us to, to walk in that freedom. We live in a place in our culture, and, and this has always been, but there is constant conflict. There's constant conflict. And the reason, I'm getting a little bit of ringing up here, by the way. The reason that there is that constant conflict is because there is spiritual battle going on. So how do you handle the spiritual battle? How do you handle conflict? Because most of us have one or two ways. Fight or flight, right? We either want to just completely avoid, or some of us are like, you know, we've got that trigger and we're ready to, we're ready to fight. We're ready to engage. But either one of those is not who we are called to be in Christ. Uh, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. We are called to share our hope with people. One of the things that Scripture declares is that God does not enjoy seeing the wicked punished. You know why? It's because He wants all to be saved. All. Every person is created in God's image. And so even when somebody is doing something wicked, God takes no joy in punishing them. Now, He does it because He's just and He's righteous. But His heart is to see everybody saved. So as God's people, how do we engage evil and wickedness around us? Well, we don't do it by running and hiding. And we don't do it with anger. One of the things that James 1.20 says is that human anger does not accomplish the purposes of God. Now, that's one of those scriptures that I need to hear. Because I'm that guy, uh, for those of you who know me, I can go from zero to a hundred super fast. Um, I will engage things. But God keeps telling me that human anger does not accomplish the purposes of God. However, at the same time, God does not call me to run and hide. And, and one of the hardest things to do is to confront something, especially evil and wickedness, and confront it with love. That is really hard to do because you've got to get yourself in a place where you're going to be unmovable, you're going to speak truth, and you're going to speak love even if someone is speaking to you in derogatory terms. That is really hard because when that happens, we either want to get out of there or we want to hurt them, right? Silence them. But that's not what God calls us to do. Why? Because God's desire, Scripture declares, is for all to be saved. So how do we do that? Well, one of the things that Scripture talks about is that God is a shelter in the storm. And the Scripture we're going to look at today talks about how that when the, when the wicked oppress, it's like being in a storm, and it's all around us. And again, God doesn't call us to flee it. God calls us to remain, but Scripture declares that He is a shelter in the storm. So how do we receive the shelter of God and remain 
in the storm? <laughs> well, I don't have the, gra- uh, the, the great answers. Um, I was listening to someone this week, though, that, that really caught my attention. Uh, her name is Alveda King. She is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. And as many of you know, he was someone who stood for truth, spoke truth and love, and he was killed for it. Um, but something she also shared that I, I you know, I, I just wasn't aware of is that her own father was also killed. He was a pastor and he was choked to death and thrown in a pool. I mean, think for a second, if you are her, what are you going to be feeling? You have righteous people in your family that are standing up and speaking truth. They're not being violent. They are just speaking truth and people are killing them. I'm going to be mad. (laughs) I mean, I've been mad over much smaller things. I'm going to be mad. But here's what she shared that, that, that got me. She shared that if she went into a place of bitterness, and she shared how she had been there, and she had other family members lead her out of that, because she wanted to go hurt people. Let's go hurt people um, that, that cause this, and not only people who cause this, but anybody who looks like people who cause this, Right? Because that's where human anger takes us. We start getting self-focused. We just get mad. And we just, want, we just want our rage to go out somewhere. Right? But the problem is this. Not only does that harm other people around us, but it eats us up. Because what we are doing in those moments is that we are quenching the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is where we find life because the Holy Spirit is God. (laughs) That's where we find freedom. That's where we find life. And so even though I may want to stand up against evil, I cannot do it in bitterness and, and personal anger. Now, does God get angry? Absolutely. Does he sometimes produce anger? Yes. Uh, In our life group this last week, we were reading in 1 Samuel, and Scripture talks about how the Spirit of God came on King Saul, and from that he became angry, and from that he went to set people free. And what he was setting people free from, there there was another king who was (laughs) taking people and gouging out their right eye. He was oppressing them, just to be cruel. He, he, He wanted to just mock the, the, the nation that these people were a part of. And so we have those kinds of things around us today. And so there is such a thing as a, a righteous anger. However, when we allow bitterness to rise up inside, and that's one of the things that we are seeing all around us in our culture, and it's easy to get swept up into. I know I've been swept up into that. Um, I can remember times where I would go on social media or, or, I mean, just any kind of news outlet. And you just hear what's going on, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm getting mad. <laughs> you know, and I'm just, I'm just wanting to go out and just, just hurt people. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not God. That's not God's heart. So how do we get out of that? How do we get out of that? How do we engage things but yet not go into that place of of bitterness and rage. Because that's going to quench the spirit. That's going to quench the life that God wants to give. 
but yet he hasn't called us to hide. How do we do that? Let's go to the word. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah 25. Um, and we're going to find some perspective that the scripture gives us in this. If you've been uh, reading along in the Bible reading where we're doing, um, you have come across this chapter. But we're going to spend a little time here. So, beginning in verse 1, I'm going to read these first three verses, and it's going to just, just talk a little bit about God and who He is. So it says, O Lord, I will honor and praise Your name, for You are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now You have accomplished them. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces and distant lands disappear and will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. Ruthless nations will fear you. Now, as we go along living in life, sometimes it's hard to imagine life as being anything different than what it presently is. But you know what? Life has changed dramatically over the last several hundred and thousands of years. Dramatically. If you travel to other countries, life is very, very different in other countries. I, I mean, it, it doesn't resemble what we have here in many ways. It's very different. One of the things that you see in this is that God is able to suddenly change things. And so things that we can't imagine ever being changed, God is able to change. Now here's the other part that I want you to hear. He wants to use his children in the midst of that. How does he do that? He does that by his children speaking out truth. And is there a price to sometimes pay for that? Absolutely. But you know what? Let's go back to what I was talking about with Alveda King. What was happening to her father and to her uncle? They were standing up and they were speaking against oppression. And you know what? This had been a long, long battle. It had started out in slavery. And you had people who were willing to stand up to that. And it didn't happen quickly. It happened over a long, long time. And there was victory there. But even after there was victory there, what was there? Well, you still had this oppression and this racism going on. And so they're standing up and they're speaking against that. And is there a price to pay? Yes. But what has God done? Look at what God has done. He has dramatically changed it. And did, was there some fighting that had to happen at one point? Yes, there was. Okay. But how did he really do this? He did it through people speaking truth. Okay. And not just going out with random acts of violence and just yelling at people. You know, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when somebody just comes up and starts yelling at me, I usually don't go, huh, I wonder what they're um, trying to get out here. I usually go, oh, defense mode, okay? They're coming at me, I'm going to come at them. That's what we do, right? So if we are called to bring a life-giving message to people, and we come at people and try to tear them down, is that going to happen? No, it's not. 
And we can get to a place where we can be used of God, where we're not tearing people down, but we're sharing truth. Now, are we trying to tear down false ideologies? Absolutely. But we're not trying to tear people down. Now I want to go into this. Verse 4. It says, But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar of foreign nations as the shade of a cloud cools relentless heat. So the boastful songs of ruthless people are stilled. I want to share this with you because part of what we need to do is trust that God can do something. Many times we don't trust it because we haven't seen it in our time. Uh, In our time, things have always been this way. I can't imagine them ever being different. Well, guess what? For those who lived in slavery, they would have said the same thing. But guess what? God changed it. Now, how does he change it? Again, it's through us speaking out, but we've got to use God as this shelter in the storm. This language really speaks to me. I know some of you like heat. I hate heat, okay? Because it's just so hard to get away from. And that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about this heat that you just can't get away from. I mean, imagine you're out in the desert and um, you don't have any fans. I remember a number of years ago with some of my family members, we went hiking down into the Grand Canyon. And we got down there and and they had a a thermometer that, uh, that you could look at. It was 125 degrees. And there was no AC. Uh, we were going to spend the night. And I, <laughs> I, it was just miserable. <laughs> I mean, it was, so, it was so miserable. And it's like, I can't get away from this. Well, sometimes our culture can feel like that. It can feel like, like, I can't get away from this. Everywhere I go, there's just this wicked oppression that's going on. And there's good being called evil and evil being called good. But in the midst of it, God hasn't called me to run and hide. God has called me to be a voice of truth. But in order to do that, I've got to use Him as this shelter in the storm. And how do I do that? Well, part of the way that I do that is I continue to focus on Him and not the wickedness around me. You know, uh, Stephanie was sharing a verse earlier where she was talking about the disciples being in jail. But as they began to worship, what happened? Things began to happen, okay? Now, they, they, they remained in the jail, but what happened through what God was doing is that the people who were helping inflict the punishment were turned over to God. Do you believe that some of the people that are helping to oppress you and your life and others around you, do you believe that God can set them free? He can. He can. And I'm not going to sit around and try to figure out who it is or anything like that. But what I'm called to do is to not focus on them, but to focus on the Lord. And that is one of the ways that we use Him as a shelter. 
Okay, I want you to, to listen to this part because some of us get pulled aside on this. It is good for us to know the things that are going on around us. If we are going to be able to speak into them, okay, we need to know they are going on. However, some of us, it's like watching a train wreck and you can't take your eyes off of it. Some of you are watching the news constantly. You're reading stuff constantly. And, and you're reading about how this person that you know doesn't know the Lord has done something else just amazing and you want to sit there and talk about it. What does that do to your soul? It gets you angry. It gets you discouraged. You don't need to know all the details constantly. What you are doing at that point is you are walking out of the shelter of the Lord and you're out there in the storm getting hit. And you're like, man, this is really bad. There's a shelter. How do I get there? I realign my focus to the Lord. Okay? Do, if I'm in a shelter in a storm, do I know there's a storm going on? Uh, I can hear it. <laughs> okay? I'm not oblivious to it. But yet, I'm being protected. How do you protect yourself? You get your nose in God's Word more than the news. I heard something else this week. You know how you can tell what you're worshiping? By what you focus on. That's what you're worshiping. What do you think about most through the day? That is what you are worshiping. How do I use God as a shelter? I refocus. Do I run and hide in the mountains somewhere? No. I'm still right here. But I'm going to focus on the Lord. And as I'm focusing on the Lord, what's going to rise up within me is truth. It's going to come out of me. And God's going to create the moments. You know, one of the things when we want to get back at somebody, what do we do? We scheme. Oh, I'm going to wait and there's going to be this time and then this is going to happen and then I'm going to do this. And we spend all our time scheming, right? And then, of course, it never plays out. You know, something weird. And you're like, oh, foiled again. You know, and you know what? I have found that when I focus on the Lord, He will create moments like you don't see coming. And all of a sudden, there you are and you are able to speak truth. But I want you to hear this also. If you're a person who's full of bitterness and rage, he's not going to use you. Because you can't be used. You are being swallowed up by the enemy. <laughs> the, 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 the enemy is stirring up. I, I want to use a name, but then it's going to be one of your names or something, okay? So <laughs> the enemy is stirring up person X over here, right? To come at you. And then you know what he's doing? He's stirring you up to go back at them because he doesn't like either one of you. I've got to get to that place of the shelter. But I've got to step out of the anger. I've got to step out of focusing on the other things so that I can be used to speak life into people. Now, another thing that this shares in the midst of this is that it gives us a reminder of who we are and what we have to look forward to. Verse 6. 
In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There, he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. Insults and mockery. I, I have a hard time with that, okay? Someone comes, starts insulting me. Someone starts mocking me. I start thinking, I know I can take you down. And I really want to show it right now. But here's the thing. Um, that's not my place. Number one, I'm as big of a sinner as anybody, and I deserve the wrath of God as much as anybody. I am simply saved by grace. And if I can't extend that grace to others, then I'm not really receiving it from the Lord. That's number one. It is His place to, uh, to, to, to deal out justice. He's the only one because He's perfect. And one of the things that we see from this passage is it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nobody's getting away with anything. Unless they receive Jesus, they are going to meet their fate. I don't need to be the deliverer of that. God's going to take care of that. Now the other part of this is this, in the midst of being ridiculed and mocked and so on, even if you're trying to be loved, it's only for a time. God is preparing this beautiful banquet where all of this stuff that we're going through, it's going to be gone. And we need to grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of it with your heart. Because I find, and I know people always told me this, the older you get, the faster time's going to go. Wow, it is going so fast. And I keep watching people that I've known for years and years and years pass on and they're gone and, and that's it. This life moves super fast. God's calling you for a short time to be a vessel that is used of Him, but you can't do that if you're standing out in the storm getting beat down. You can't do that if you're just full of rage and bitterness and scheming how you're going to hurt people. The only way it happens is that if you take your focus off of it, focus it on the Lord, stay in the fight, be used of the Lord, and God will use you as a vessel, and then the day's going to come where you're sitting at that banquet. I want to be there. God is preparing a place for you. He's able to do this. Will you believe it? So what do you need to do? What are some changes you need to make? Are you one of those people who's putting too much focus on things going out here and you're just involved in all the details and you walk around stirred up just waiting for somebody to yell at? You need to make a change. Focus on the Lord. Are you a person that's trying to hide? Don't hide. Are, are you a person that's scheming about you know, how you can get back at this person and that person? Let that stuff go. God wants to save them. 
Even the person, because here's the thing, I, I often find that our sin, you know, oftentimes we've, we've had things done to us and then that causes us to do things to others and it's just this vicious cycle. Somebody's got to stop it. Somebody's got to stop it. And the Lord has stopped it. He stopped it when he died for those who didn't deserve it. I want to be a part of that life. I want to be a part of that resurrection life. God wants you to be a part of it as well. Lord, thank you again that you died for